Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 39. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, we are building an incredible community at EntrepreneurOnFire.com. If you're starting or running a business, you simply have to check out the free resources we have for you. Also, every interviewee has their own dedicated page with a full recap and contact info. Come join our awesome community at eofire.com and reach out to me with any questions or suggestions you have. EntrepreneurOnFire.com was created for you, so come on over and help make it stronger. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Joel Runyon. Joel, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. Let's do this. Awesome. A few years ago, Joel got tired of having an average life, working at UPS and waiting for things to happen to him. So we decided to do something about it. Joel made a list of all the things he used to think were impossible and then set out to do them. Now Joel works on his own terms and does his best to live a life of adventure and meaning while doing the impossible. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Joel. Why don't you share who you are and what you do? Yeah, so uh, my name is Joel Runyon. I run a few different websites. Uh, The main one is called The Blog of Impossible Things. And uh, there I basically... I have a whole list of things that, you know, I always wanted to do for a long, long time and kind of told myself was just, uh, it wasn't possible to do them. And after a while, I just kind of got sick of telling myself it was impossible and figured out, you know, even if they are impossible, at least I'll give them a shot and, uh, you know, at least try to do them. And so I decided to go out and do them. And so I've got this list of things that uh, I'm basically just going out and, Uh, seeing if I can do them one by one by one and sharing my story and my journey on the way. Very inspiring. Now, at Entrepreneur on Fire, we start every show off with a success quote, and you're our spotlighted entrepreneur today, so this is your success quote. You told me you have a little something special in store for us. It might be an impossible HQ special. Why don't you share it with us? Yeah, well, there's a quote by Nelson Mandela that, says uh, it's always impossible until it's done and I I like that a lot it's um, you know everything always seems impossible and then as soon as you do it you're like oh well what else can I do and uh, it really just opens up the doors to you know what else what else are capable of what else is possible so how would you say that you actually apply that to your everyday life specifically? Let's dive down to the ground level and just give us a couple examples of how you apply that awesome Nelson Mandela quote to your life. Okay, well, I mean, I could talk uh, about when I started. So when I started, uh, you know, everything, I was uh, like nine months out of school. Uh, I'd been unemployed for about six months. I worked for UPS for about six weeks during the seasonal Christmas rush and then got laid off right after Christmas because that's what they do with the seasonal workers and basically just kind of sat around for a long, long time feeling like, oh, poor me, you know, feeling bad about myself and, you know, I had all these things that I want to do, all these dreams, all these aspirations, all these, you know, ones that I want to do, but I 
quote unquote couldn't do them because I just said, told myself I couldn't do them. Um, and then as soon as I started, you know, uh, when I started, you know, wanting to do something different, I said, okay, well, you know, what, what's the first thing that I want to even, you know, attempt? What's the smallest thing that I can try? And, um, you know, I don't even think I can do it, but I'll give it a shot. And that was an indoor triathlon. And I thought I was going to drown, so I made it an indoor triathlon. So if I drowned, they'd be able to fish my body out of the water a lot easier than a, a lake or something else. <laughs> and so when I started that, um, and I finished, you know, I went out and I did the indoor triathlon. I didn't know what to expect, but um, I finished it, and I started to realize, okay, well, you know, I didn't think that was possible. So, you know, I don't think a sprint, you know, triathlon is possible for me either, but. Uh, then I went out and did that, and then I realized I could do that. And then I decided to do an Olympic, then a half Ironman, then I did a marathon. And uh, as when when you start doing the stuff, doing the things that you don't think you can do, and you start um, start realizing that you know they can be done, uh, the realization of what's possible just keeps expanding and what you're uh, capable of keeps um, growing. Absolutely. And I don't remember who said this, but it was a famous marathon who said, finishing a marathon is nothing more than putting one foot in front of the other. And when you really break it down that way, it doesn't seem like it's impossible for anybody to do because every single day, all of us put one foot in front of each other in some way, shape, and form. So, Yeah, you just got to keep going. Just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So, Joel... Entrepreneur on Fire is about the journey of the entrepreneur. It's about your story as our spotlighted entrepreneur. So we'd like to really start with a point in your journey where you did fail, where you did come up against an obstacle or a challenge that you really had to kind of take stock of yourself and say, am I going to let this beat me or am I going to overcome this and let this propel me to the next level? Now, you've obviously done this many times in your life throughout all the different challenges you put yourself through and that's very inspiring. Can you pull one of those out and share that specific example with our listeners here today with Fire Nation? I was working at UPS and I was, you know, I got laid off from UPS. You don't get to many lower points than getting laid off from a part-time job at UPS. And so, uh, you know, after, you know, going to college for four years and you're doing all the things you think you're supposed to do and getting, um, you know, doing the right things that everybody tells you you should do, end up unemployed for six months, you can't get a call back from like Starbucks and the only place that hires you fires you six weeks later. Um, you know, that was one of those things where it was like, you know, is is this is this it? Is this what I'm going to be settling for? Is this, you know, basically everything that I've got? Um, and uh, when that happened, you know, at first I just kind of accepted it, you know, for a good month or two and just kind of sat around like, yeah, that kind of sucks. Oh, well. And just kind of let it define me for a bit. Uh, but after after a month or two, I think it, I just described it. I just got sick of it. I got sick of waiting around, sick of um, feeling bad for myself and sick of uh, waiting for something to happen. And so I decided, you know what, uh, I can deal with failure, but I can't deal with not trying. So um, I want to just keep going and, you know, keep trying things. And so, uh, you know, that 
kind of starting me on my journey that I'm on now. Um, I've had, you know, a bunch of up and down since then. Well, let's fast forward into that journey, Joel. So you're into Impossible HQ. You've, you're having highs and lows, as every entrepreneur does. You're going on the roller coaster of life. You're having absolute successes, but then you are having failures or just these obstacles that you're having to face. Let's really pull one out of your current business that you've had within you know the last year or two that would really be a great lesson for the audience. The first 18 months of my blog slash online work, uh, I had a job. So December is when things kind of came to head of my last job and uh, I ended up leaving. And that was maybe a week before Christmas or something like that. And that was one of those things where Impossible HQ, I'd been making, uh, it'd been, you know, bringing in some income, but it wasn't really a business at that point. And it'd been, you know, kind of in the, middling stages between like hobby income and full-time income. So that was one of those things where I was kind of thrown into a corner and said, okay, well, you either have to make this work or you have to go get another cubicle job. And I wasn't about to have that happen. So, you know, that was one of those things. I I, I think it's very interesting uh, about failures in general is that I <laughs> I tend to have a lot of them, but I have very short-term memory with failures because uh, the biggest thing that I've learned from all of those failures is that you just have to keep going no matter what, and stopping is probably the worst thing you can do because the momentum that you get from just doing and doing and doing um, is is incomparable to anything else. So with when when I you know, came up, you know, leaving my job at the end of, or middle of December last year, uh, the number one thing to me was, okay, well, just keep going. Let's, uh, let's keep shipping and let's keep working. And it's amazing what endurance can do if you just keep at something long enough and keep with it. Uh, how many other people will fall away and how, not easy, but how much, a lot of success isn't defined by how hard it is to get there, but how much, how long you're willing to hang on while everybody else drops off sense. It does make sense, Joel. And, and like you've stuck with it, I'm going to stick with this. You've told us about challenges you've had with UPS and that failure and that obstacle. And then with your last job you left, give me something that you failed specifically with Impossible HQ. Well, the first launch I did, it was a very narrow market. The first launch I ever did was called Impossible Try. It's a triathlon guide to help you run your first triathlon in three months. It's a pretty comprehensive guide. When I launched it, it's got a very niche audience. People were interested in triathlons. And my audience was so broad that it was a very small percentage of them that were very interested in uh, specifically running triathlons. And I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure, but it was one of those things that launched and it definitely wasn't pulling in full-time income for me. And so it was one of those things that I launched. It was a good learning experience. It was really good to get out there. And we sold, you know, obviously some copies, but it was one of those things that I had to take a step back, reevaluate basically how I was going to go about creating products down the line and how I was going to find that crossover between my skills and expertise and my audience's interests and desires. And being able to have launching stuff allowed me to kind of do a, 
a mini version of Battleship. I got to figure out where I, get, I had hits and where I had misses, and then got to adjust things to make sure I had more hits than I did misses. What was a specific lesson that you did learn from that launch? Just because you're interested in something doesn't necessarily mean other people are interested in something. And so you have to find the crossover between where your expertise and where your interests can um, add a benefit to other people rather than just being, wow, this is you know something I'm really interested in. A lot of people... A lot of people talk about, well, you just have to write about what you're interested in, and then you know you can make a business off of that. And you know that may be true, but if you're just writing about how much you like ice cream, you're not going to be able to, you know, build a business off of telling people how much you like ice cream. You have to find a intersection where uh, you're actually helpful and useful to people in some way, shape, or form. Yep. And another lesson that I'm pulling out of that myself is that you really just said you had a very broad audience and you were going for a very narrow niche. And one thing that's really great for entrepreneurs to know is that if you can really nail down what your unique selling proposition is, what your USP is, you can really learn to create products for that niche that you have. And so the better you can define that, the better you can actually create for that. And so... I can definitely see how you at Impossible HQ have grown in that area and continue to improve every day. So, Joel, we're going to move into the next topic now, and this is a little better topic, a little more fun. It's the aha moment. Now, as entrepreneurs, we are always having these little aha moments every day, these little light bulbs that are coming on that are inspiring us, that are pushing us forward in the direction that we want to be. Do you have a moment that you look back upon in your journey where a light bulb came on and you just said, wow, I get it. This is going to be something that's resonating with my audience. This is something that I want to do. Can you explain that moment to us? Well, for the first six months of my blog, I was basically, it was a self-experiment and getting myself to do something interesting. Um, I was sitting at home in my parents' basement um, for the first month or so before I ended up getting... Uh, an interesting job at a company I liked and uh, basically the first six months were just uh, the blog was an impetus for me to get out and do something interesting and so as I started actually doing interesting things then people started paying attention and I think probably last year when I uh, one of the things I wanted to cross off my list was go skydiving and I'd never been skydiving before frankly it was a little bit scared of heights and um, a little bit worried, you know, about doing it in general. And so uh, I knew there was an upcoming conference where I'd have a bunch of friends. And so I basically wrote a blog post called, uh, I'm jumping out of a plane at WDS, who's coming with me? And I figured I'd get like one or two people to show up or, you know, say they'd come along and I'd have one or two friends to come along and jump out of a plane with me. I ended up getting 63 people to sign up on an interest list, and I had 41 people end up uh, jumping out of a plane with me. And uh, that was kind of when I started to realize, wow, you know, there's not just it's not just me and my mom reading my blog. It's a uh, it's a much bigger audience than that, and it's uh, an audience filled with people who are interested in doing stuff. So that was sort of when the light bulbs. Just kind of started to turn on and be like, okay, well, you know, you can, you can 
you can create this thing that challenges people to step outside their comfort zone, to, you know, push their limits and, you know, do stuff that they normally wouldn't have done or they normally wouldn't have thought were possible. We had multiple people come up after after the, the skydive and be like, you know what, I would have never ever done that if, you know, we didn't have 40 other people coming to do this. So um, that was a really interesting turning point because it was not only, you know, getting people to act on something and do something, but it was also, you know, actually jumping out of a plane, doing something that they're scared of and, you know, has a, you know, skydiving is relatively safe, but uh, there's, you know, you're still jumping out of a plane. So, yeah, I would say that would probably be the, you know, that was one of the first times where I was like, oh, wow, people, people are responding to this. This is something that's bigger than just me. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential here. Once you had the aha moment that you had an active listening body of people who wanted to be active and do things, how did you turn that knowledge into a success? So one of the first things that I realized once we kind of established that, you know, we have this sort of community of doers, you know, bigger than just me, is that I, over the next two, three months, I think we went and we set up uh, Impossible HQ. And so Impossible HQ is sort of right now, it's the branded overview, uh, like the business brand of the blog, of the products, of the Paraline, of the community. It's sort of the overarching umbrella that everything is under. Um, a year, about a year ago, we didn't have that. And so uh, it was just the blog. And when I realized that people, you know, were showing up, you know, in a corner of the United States and 50 people, 41 people are jumping out of a plane together, I realized it could be much bigger than just a blog. When you think about a blog, you think about, you know, a couple posts a week, you know, maybe some affiliate links, all this other stuff. And I started to realize that, you know, getting people, 40 people to jump out of a plane is much bigger than just a blog. And so I wanted to create things that let people communicate in a way that was bigger than just a blog. So we did that in a couple ways. We set up Impossible HQ, which is sort of the branded um, umbrella, which everything is under. We also set up uh, the Impossible League, which is a forum community of people that, you know, we organize our own events. We have uh, different initiatives that we do. We've raised about $10,000 for Kiva. We've done, we're raising $25,000 right now to build a school in Guatemala. And so we created a, a community aspect for people to connect online so we can take those online connections and uh, transfer to them to offline action. Uh, so it's not just somebody comes to my blog and reads it and goes away and feels better about themselves, but they actually take their ideas and they, they, they turn them into action. When we had the skydiving event and we had you know all those people meeting up and taking action and instead of just writing something on their impossible list and saying they want to do it eventually someday, uh, they were actually all out doing it. Uh, when that happened, that's kind of when we shifted the focus more intentionally on action, on doing things, and about being, yeah, being a person who does stuff. So I guess that would be my answer to that question. 
Yeah, I love the mission of Impossible HQ and just being a military guy myself, I love that action-oriented philosophy and your projects are really also striking close to home in other areas because I lived in Guatemala for four months and I built schools and houses and I really got to know the community and the people down there. And it just is such an impactful activity to do things that you're doing and to have people, like you said, who aren't just going to the blogs for themselves so they can feel better, but you're really having this conversion to have people act positively to impact other cultures, other areas in the world. And I truly just respect that to the 10th level. So thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you start realizing what you're capable of and what you're, you know, when you start pushing the limits of what you think is possible, you, you see they start expanding and you're able to do more things than you ever have done before. But it's also, in a way, a fairly unique opportunity to those of us in Western culture. You don't, um, you know, kids in Guatemala... You know, they don't even get a basic education, so it's it's pretty hard for them to even do something like read a blog and even get inspired to go do something because uh, they don't get that type of education. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things when you when you start realizing um, how pliable your limits are, you want to start giving back and show other people that you know their limits aren't uh, finite and that they you know they can push theirs too. So. Agreed. And it's just so exciting to see how much is possible in this day and age, more so than obviously ever before, virtually with what you can do as one person to reach so many people. And then also you're so right about the kids in Guatemala who don't have access. But the beauty is, is that we are slowly, even in those areas, getting to a point where with wireless internet and with 3G and 4G phone connectivity, that they will also have the access to the internet, which is just the wealth and the key. And if they can get on Google, they can answer any question that they may have. So I'm really excited for the next 25 to 50 years to how we progress in those areas and just how that spreading of information and knowledge is going to be so impactful and beneficial for all. Yeah, definitely. So Joel, We've been speaking about what Impossible HQ is doing, and it's all great stuff. What is one thing that's really exciting you about Impossible HQ right now? Uh, the biggest thing that I'm excited about is the school project. We've got, you know, we've got, we've launched a lot of stuff recently, but the school project is probably the most interesting thing that that I'm excited about because it involves a lot of different aspects. It involves Part of, as part of the challenge, a lot of people are, I'm, I'm running a ultra marathon um, in order to raise awareness for it. I'm also uh, challenging members of the community to, you know, set out their own impossible challenge and then uh, use that to raise funds for it. And so we're having, uh, it combines a bunch of different things. It combines personal challenge with doing something you've literally never done before. Um, it combines that with giving back to others and it's all focused around action you know a lot of people you know it's easy to give money something and you know just throw money at something and you know feel like you've you've contributed in some way shape or form but uh we're actually calling people to uh step up and you know be creative uh you know push their limits on what they think they can do and and 
you know, go out and do it themselves as well. So there's, you know, a couple different angles there. And um, I think it's a really good, when you combine them all, you, and, it, and it's all, it's all focused on giving back to people. You know, you might have a lot of possibilities with your life, but, you know, not everybody gets the same opportunities. So when you're able to combine the physical aspect of challenges with uh, the community aspect that we're doing it together and we're all giving back, um, you know, to, you know, this Guatemalan community, I, there's just so many different angles of that that I think are really uh, cool. And to hear some of the stories from the people who are actually, uh, you know, taking a challenge and, and deciding to go out and do it and use it as a incentive to raise money, um, I think is really, really cool. Awesome, awesome stuff. So, Joel, we've reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. This is where I provide you with a series of questions, and you provide us with a series of amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. All right. Take about 30 seconds and just come back at us with a direct answer. What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I didn't think I could do it. What is something that's working for you or Impossible HQ right now? Challenging people to action. Yes, I can definitely see how you're seeing results in that area. So Joel, this last question is my favorite. It's kind of a tricky one, so take your time and digest it before you answer. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all the experience, knowledge, and money that you currently have right now, but your business had completely disappeared, forcing you to start completely over with a clean slate, which is where many of our listeners find themselves right now, what would you do? If I was looking to start a business right now and I didn't have any money, um, I would do consulting. And I would figure out the one aspect, uh, one thing that I knew really well, um, and for me, that's online marketing. Um, I would do online marketing and do consulting. I think consulting is a great way uh, to get a business started, to cash flow a business, and to begin as fast as possible with the skills and the knowledge you already have um, without having to create uh, you know, a complicated product or sales page or anything like that. You know, if you can save somebody money or if you can make somebody more money, uh, you know, that's a pretty easy service to sell. Joel, you are truly doing some inspiring things at Impossible HQ, and we are all better for hearing about it. Give Fire Nation one last piece of guidance, give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. <laughs> Just do it. It's, it's, you're going to waste so much time, you know, giving yourself excuses and reasons and just poor, poor excuses for why you can't do something. And if you just go out and figure it, decide to go out and figure it out, you know, you're going to fail, you're going to screw up, but you're probably going to get a lot farther than you would if you just, you know, sat around wondering what would happen. So, um, yeah, go out and do it. If you need help, uh, check out impossiblehq.com or, or hit me up on Twitter at Joel Runyon. Love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, we will link all of that up in the show notes. Joel, thank you for your time and for all that you do. And here at Fire Nation, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. Are you interested in learning five ways to make $500 this month? How about five productivity tips that will help you today? 
Well, that and more is my free gift to you when you go to eofire.com and subscribe to Fire Nation. Lastly, for that entrepreneur ready to take it to the next level, visit ignitemastermind.com, join our elite mastermind community, and watch your business or business idea explode. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.